Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I'm your host, Wayne Bibbs. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've tuned in before, welcome back. In this podcast, we examine all the things that we allow to interfere with our pursuit of our dreams and the indulgence in our passions. Procrastination, fear of trying something new, the belief that we may not be good enough, ridicule from our families, friends, and even strangers, and all the other toxic habits and attitudes that get in our way. And we all have things that we must do on a day-to-day basis, but we often forget that we can make room in our lives for the things that we enjoy. Your life is more than just a collection of your responsibilities, and in this podcast, we strive to remind you of that. My guest today is an author from the Detroit area. She is a published poet, a literacy tutor, and an animal lover. Her published work includes Ivy Lee's Rue and Leaving Jacksonville. And she joins us today to tell us more about her work and her journey as a writer. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present Ms. Valerie Wade. Valerie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about how uh, how you began to take an interest in writing, how you began your writing journey? Okay. I um, During my teen years, I um, played around with uh, writing short stories, and I had one of my childhood friends. Um, she was, like, waiting for every page as they came off the typewriter. So you know how long ago this was when it <laughs> came off the typewriter, a manual typewriter at that. Wow. And, um <laughs> So it was just a short story about a, a young girl my age, um, uh, you know, just a short story of her na- navigating her, her teenage life. Mm-hmm. And then there was years that went by that I kind of dabbled in poetry. Um, and and then uh, in my, uh, I went to Wayne State University to get my degree later, almost in my 50s. And my last class that I took was the imaginative writing, a creative writing class. And that's where I kind of reignited uh, starting to write uh, again, and okay. that was back in, about twelve years ago. Okay, uh, congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. I, I've seen that you were a, a published poet. How did that come about? Uh, you know, I, I wrote poetry, a, a little bit of poetry, in you know, in, off and on for years, and then a, a couple of my poems I submitted to I think it was the National Library of Poetry. So I've had like five different poems published in um, different different anthologies. You know, one, one was about a jilted woman, kind of not left at the altar, but sort of. Mm-hmm. One was about, um, uh, I wrote a poem about the uh, Oklahoma bombing. A lot of times I'm inspired by things in the news or things, you know, that, uh, you know, notable things that happened and that kind of prompts me to write a poem. So mm-hmm. sometimes the other poem was about, you know, the seasons, uh, it was called um, Visit to Paradise and it was talking about weather. So it just depends. They're all different, varied poems, love poems, but um, my, my main focus probably in the last 12 years has been uh, write like short stories and, and trying to focus on, on this story that was started in my in that same class that I took at Wayne State, that's where the story Leaving Jacksonville began, even mm-hmm. though it's the second one I published. It was the first one that I wrote. Oh, okay. All right. Now with the, and we'll get to those in just a moment, with the poetry, as I understand, uh, 
those were your poems were included in an anthology uh, from uh, with another source. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And how were how were your did your poems come to be included? Uh, so they have like um, a poetry writing contest, mm -hmm. and then you submit your po uh, poems, and then after so many weeks or months, they let you know if it's been accepted, and they would send you a proof, and then you, at that time, you were um, offered being able to purchase uh, a copy of the anthology. And, and and they normally, some of them would put you on the, the page, the first page of the book that you get, and some of them you know, it was in a larger anthology that I think it was called Famous Poets of the 20th Century. And it was, it was a huge book that had many poems in it. That's the one that, um, the one about the Oklahoma bombing mm -hmm. was in. Was selected for that one. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, you mentioned that uh, Leaving Jacksonville was, even though it was the second one you published, it was your actual, uh, the, the first one that, that you conceived. Is that correct? Yes, it was actually an assignment, and the assignment was to write a story, find a photograph, and write a story about it. And so the story that I, the photograph that I found was a family packed up, uh, had their car packed up um, during the Great Migration, um, and it turned out, as, at one point I saw that it said Florida, and later on I found that it, the city was Jacksonville, and so how that—that's how the title came to be, leaving Jacksonville. So it, it originally was like a seven-page story. Uh, the final assignment for that imaginative writing class. Mm -hmm. And you—and it was all based on a on a photograph that you saw. Yeah. All right. And in terms of Ivy Lee's Rue, how did we how did we get to that point? Okay. So I so during the process of. Um, the years that leaving Jacksonville kind of sat around and I kind of edited here and there over those years, um, I I was gonna put Ivy Lee in as a character in this family, um, like a cousin of this family as a, cause they're journeying from uh, Jacksonville, Florida to Detroit and Ivy Lee was gonna be a cousin, very colorful person um, that was gonna have some issues. And then it kept, then I was inspired to, um, by my grandmother's story, um, because this woman, Ivy Lee, has a um, history of mental health challenges. And so I was uh, inspired by my grandmother's story. She had the same issue. Mm. And so Ivy Lee became, um, emerged as a major character in this work. I, I basically had um, the two stories together. Mm -hmm. And then during the editing process, um, the editor said that Ivy Lee was a book on its own. And I had kind of titled it Ivy Lee's Rule. I had kind of buried the leaving Jacksonville story. And so Ivy Lee's story came to be, it was all one novella. And so I pulled out leaving Jacksonville as a, as a separate story. But Ivy Lee is a character uh, in leaving Jacksonville. She's one of the family members. Okay, and inspired by your grandmother. Yes. Now, of, of the with the character Ivy Lee, as you began to, uh, to develop the character more, did you find yourself infusing more and more of your grandmother's traits in the character yes yes um ivy lee is um she's a christian woman uh her husband's a deacon she's you know uh uh very ingrained in the church mm -hmm. um baptist church and so ivy lee's character is, is very similar she's a she's a, uh, a christian woman she's a, a deacon's wife 
she likes to cook, she likes to sing. Um, and so it, it, when I was writing it, I was picturing her. It was one of these things, strange things that you're writing and this, you know, it keeps coming to you that you should write this character. And so a lot of, it's all fiction, but mm -hmm. it's based around some of the things that I do remember about her. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about that character, if you can. I mean, I'm, with whatever you're you're comfortable sharing. Uh, okay. What, tell us a little um, bit so more the, about the her. The story goes back and forth between uh, her, her upbringing in uh, North Carolina. Hmm. And so she journeys here with the family, with the other family in leaving Jacksonville. So her, her mental health challenges started in while she was a child in, in North Carolina. And as she, um, but didn't, really didn't surface until she got to her later teen years. And so it was triggered by a traumatic event um, during her childhood. Um, and so um, the story, you know, there's a lot of highs and lows in the story, but sure. she, throughout it, she had a very supportive husband. Mm -hmm. He had the love of her family. And like I say, she was very close to the church and, um, and, and the church members. So it's, it's not, you know, you think of a mental story about somebody's mental health challenges, it might be doom and doom, but hers was, she always kept the faith that she would get through it. And she, um, like I said, she had a supportive husband and family. And there's, it's, it's kind of a dual story. And there's also, um, uh, there's a lot in there about her, the bond between her, her and her sister. Her sister. Um, kind of a, a strained bond between her and her sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's an interesting twist. What can you tell us a little bit about the sister? So the sister is pretty st strong will. Ivy Lee is kind of, you know, kind of, um, you know, real happy-go-lucky. And the sister is more domineering. She's the older sister. Mm -hmm. um, she was always, um, you know, her parents put more on her to kind of watch over the family. And so she's kind of taken that into adulthood as far as her interactions with Ivy Lee. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little resentful about that kind of responsibility yeah. being thrust upon her at a, at a right. fairly young age. Right. Right. And she was always older and, and had to watch the family. And I had to kind of rein Ivy Lee back in. <laughs> she was kind of a, you know, a wandering type kid. And she always had to, you know, she was always having to watch out for her. Okay. So she felt, she felt more, she had, it was more of a mothering role because she had so much responsibility while her parents were uh, both out working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in that day they both had to uh to try and provide for the family things i would imagine things from right you mentioned north carolina being kind of tight there right and uh something and the entire family had to pitch in somehow some way for sure okay but now we started out with the idea of leaving jacksonville mm -hmm. from the photograph right. that kind of moved into ivy lee's rue how did we get back to leaving Jacksonville. Okay. Well, once I decided that I had to uh, pull leaving Jacksonville out, because really I tried to, I, I didn't realize the, uh, that when the, the editor, that it would stand out as like a separate story. Mm -hmm. And I was so tied to the story, you know, with my stories from 12 years ago that I wanted to keep the story. I was tied to the characters. Um, and so when I decided to pull that whole story out, um, I said, okay, uh, it's not enough. It's not long enough to be a novel. It's, it, you know, so it, it's, it was about 10,000 words. So I said, well, it can be a, a novella. And so then I had to 
um, you know, massage uh, the the Ivy Lee's Rue story, mm -hmm. but I also wanted to make sure that Ivy Lee was part of the other story, um, because originally Ivy Lee was not part of the other story. I had to. There was a couple other characters that was there before, but because I wanted them tied together, I had to make sure I include included her in there, and and then so that both books tie back to Detroit. Leaving Jacksonville is coming from Jacksonville, Florida to Detroit, mm -hmm. and Ivy Lee starts out in North Carolina gets with the family and winds up uh, in Detroit. So she was kind of the she glue. She winds up going to Jacksonville, Florida, and then uh, winds up coming to Detroit mm -hmm. uh, with the family. Oh, okay. So again, she was kind of the glue for for the story. Right. Right. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the people who were intended to be the main characters of leaving Jacksonville. Okay. So the... Um, like I said, start out as a picture. In the picture that I saw, there mm -hmm. was a family that was, uh, the car was packed up. There was a, a character that looked like a grandfather. There was a woman and there was a little boy who um, I've named Little Charles. He's kind of the central focus. The, the book opens with him. Um, he's the, the youngest child. And so uh, there originally was um, a, a sister and an older sister. And then once I decided that I uh, needed to change the story, uh, little Charles is the only child in the story. So it's him. Uh, Papa Joe is the patriarch who is, is the one leading the family to Detroit because he has family in Detroit. And he want, he's, it's his dream to leave the South and come North. So he convinces them all. And then I, you know, the, they weren't, the jobs down there weren't as, as good. So, you know, there's plants up North. So he convinced them all. Uh, so his son and his wife, little Charles, their, their son, and then Ivy Lee was a cousin and her husband. These are all the people who are in the car mm -hmm. uh, that gives, does the journey to Detroit and leaving Jacksonville. Okay. And somewhere in the midst of this, Ivy Lee joins them. Yes. As uh, before they leave Jacksonville, she, she and her husband come from uh, North Carolina mm -hmm. and join the family because she's a cousin of Ida May, who is um, the the woman in the story and she comes her and her husband come and stay with them and then um it's not too long after that that they uh, join them to get on the road to uh, from jacksonville and they meet some uh colorful character along the way and have um some interesting um and interesting things happen along the way okay and at some point you made the decision to actually go ahead and publish these books yes I'm curious, and I and I ask my my guests, all of my guests, this because it's kind of a central point to the uh, to the podcast itself, to the show itself. When you told your family, your friends, whomever that you were going to be uh, that you were going to publish these books, what was the the reception? What was the response to that? Yeah, I think they were surprise you know and they know I had been writing these stories you know and they they would joke with me have those people gotten out of that car yet you know <laughs> years off and on I'm saying they said well what's happening in the story now I said they're still in the car I'm trying to get these people out of the car they're trying to get to Detroit so I think they were surprised but when I think when I started putting together and they actually saw you know I said I got a proof of the book now you know I think they were were surprised and, and excited and mm. I finally, you know, finally, finally did it. That you went on and, and finally I, like took I those said, steps. Like I said, this is off and on, playing around with the story for 12 years. 
like I say, periodically they'd ask me, so what's happening with that story? Mm -hmm. And kind of Ivy Lee's rule kind of came out of the woodwork. They didn't expect that at all. You know, really that, that they didn't expect. They knew about leaving Jacksonville, mm -hmm. but they didn't know about Ivy Lee's rule. <laughs> I, I like that. Well, are they out that car yet? It's like, are, yeah. Are, yeah. Are we there yet? Would ask, would ask me that. I'm like, nope, they're still in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and when you finally got the, your books and you and you showed it to them, what was that moment? They they were excited for me, you know, that to actually see it, uh, you know, see it, see a, a, a printed work. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, in fact, my nieces have joined me at... Um, the different book events. I uh, went. I traveled to Indiana in September, and my daughter joined me at that event. And my grandson actually uh, was able to join me at the table. And then I had a event in Milford uh, this past November, and when my other daughter was able to join me. So they're they're all excited, you know, and they're they're always getting the word out, you know, uh, wow. by post the flyer. They're you know they're all excited to try to try to sell the books because uh, self-publishing and then the selling of the books is, is, is a lot of, it's, it's constant work. You gotta get, you know, stay, stay out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. We made it, we made it into a family affair. Yes. Yes. That's all right. Now you went the route of self-publishing. Yes. Um, tell us your, your views about, uh, about self-publishing versus traditional, if you would. I guess uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm part of the group Motown Writers. That's where I believe we we met. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know Sylvia Hubbard basically has had laid out all the tools and and her example of her self publishing and basically gave us all the tools to do so. And then I would see people at the the meeting do the same thing, including including you. Mm -hmm. You know, see people come with their book covers and you know I think like, well, I can I can try to do it because at first I was going to. I didn't try self-publishing. I mean, I didn't try traditional publishing. At one point, I did send my story to, um, I think Random House had some uh, announcement out there, and, you know, they gave me feedback. Um, it, you know, they it was, it was rejected, but they gave me, did give me feedback. And then I thought, you know, do I want to go through that? You know, but I said, well, I'm going to try self-publishing. And initially, I thought, okay, I'll finish writing it. And I'm gonna turn everything over. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do the cover. I don't want to do any of that. And then, as I got to the end of writing everything, I I decided I want to do all of it. I I kind of like control. I want to control the cover, everything, the way everything went. So, um, I used um, uh, a uh, draft to digital as one of the uh, self-publishing companies where you you upload everything. Mm -hmm. you, you know, if you have your own cover, great. You know, you can do all of that. If you don't, um, you know, you can create one through them. But I actually uh, wound up having my own cover and everything. And so I found an illustrator who I liked her work. And she, for the, uh, Ivy Lee's Rule, she allowed me to purchase her illustration um, and and edit it because it, it was like perfect. I couldn't have, I couldn't have, uh, Pictured a per more perfect cover than that. Once I saw the illustration, I thought, "That's her," you know. So this is yeah. And so she did both both covers. Okay, me. that's that is that is great. And let me tell you what I'm what I'm hearing when you say that. When you're talking about that, what I'm hearing is that uh, there was always this one path 
that has been suggested for authors, and that being traditional publishing. But if for whatever reason you don't go that route, it doesn't mean that there's nothing else available. Right. And I think that it's absolutely great that you uh, that you took a look at this and said, you know what, I don't want anybody else messing with this. This is mine. Right. And and went on and took care of it yourself. Congratulations. Right. By the way, uh, how recent was all of this? When were these books released? Okay, so uh, Ivy Lee's Rue was released in July uh, 2022, and Leaving Jacksonville was released in September 2023. Wow, very recent. Mm-hmm. Now, that must mean <laughs> that these books are still available. Yes, they are. For those <laughs> of us who... through but, my website. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, I, I actually have a... They're also in the, uh, well, the main public library. Um, and I think they're through on... Um, Hoopla, there's like an electronic, they're through electronic. So it's, it's available in digital and print through Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And there's a bunch of other um, places where you can get it electronically. Okay. Uh, now, you mentioned your website. Yes. Could we get that web address, please? Okay. It's Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, online, O-N-L-I-N-E, dot com. All one word, Valerie Online? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there you can get an autographed copy signed by me. No. I will mail mail out as soon as I get the order. All right. And Leaving Jacksonville is $8, Mm -hmm. and Ivy Lee's Rule is $12. Okay. uh, We're just going to repeat that. That's uh, available at uh, Valerie Online. Valerie Wade. Oh, did did I not say Wade? Valerie Wade online. Valerie Wade online. Yes. Okay. No, 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 no. That was Valerie Wade online. Dot com. Dot com. Right. As well as Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, for those of you listening, even get it through Walmart, Target. Um, They're not in the store, but you can get those. uh, You can get it through Walmart online, Target online. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so everyone, go out and uh, and pick these books up. Uh, they're available, and if you go to Ms. Wade's website, you can get an autographed copy. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I wanted to get into something else that I I read about you while I was um, getting ready for the interview, and that is uh, that you are a literacy tutor. Yes. Could you tell us about that, please? Sure. Um, so for the past 10 years, I've been a volunteer uh, literacy tutor at Siena Literacy Center. And this is an adult literacy center where um, students, adult learners come to um, either strengthen their reading, uh, writing, and uh, they also too have math tutors. But my focus was reading, uh, uh, being a reading tutor. And so all the students are, are adult students. But I've been during the 10 years that I've been there, mm-hmm. I've had three students. Uh, the first one was a, a reading student. The student had, um, I think they had been into in an accident. And so they had to kind of re, uh, brain had a, a closed head injury and mm-hmm. had to learn how to read all over again. Mm-hmm. And then the second student, so the last two students that I've had are uh, English as a second language students. So they, at some point, 
uh, you know, they, their first language is, is another language and they're trying to learn English. So the second student was from Argentina mm-hmm. and for both of the students, you know, at some point they dropped out of school, you know, probably had to go to work and then didn't, you know, finish to learn how to, uh, you know, go all the way with their reading and writing. So the, my current student that I've had for a few years is a student from uh, Gambia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's an English as a second language student. Mm-hmm. So it's very rewarding because I learned a lot from the students. You know, they tell me about a lot about their countries and things. And so I've learned a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's one thing that I've, I've always wanted to do. Um, I struggled with, with math when I was a, um, in uh, elementary. And I, I know the feeling and the shame of when you, when you struggle with something. I always felt like that, you know, there's got to be that same shame when you can't read and write. And mm-hmm. people cover it up, you know, but um, it, it's very re- rewarding to, uh, to, to um, tutor people and help them learn to read. That's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. And uh, just to piggyback on what you just said, yeah, when, when there's something that, uh, that you can't do that so many people around you can, there is that sense of being lesser that's when you have uh this need when you need help that there are people who can help without trying to pass judgment or anything they're just there to help you out because you know they've been there they understand as as you just said that takes uh, a lot of compassion and uh it's i think it's wonderful that you're that you're doing that to to give these people uh, who, through no fault of their own, need that uh, that little extra helping hand. Right, and, and the last two students, I think they, you know, they had to uh, drop out of school to to help the family to you know mm-hmm. to go go to work. And you're still doing this. Yes. So once a week uh, for two hours, mm-hmm. um, I tutor. And because of the pandemic, we had gotten into uh, virtual. And so um, sometimes we, we still do virtual or either go to the center for, uh, for two hours, normally in the evening after, after I get off work. Mm-hmm. So you do this in, a, in addition to your quote unquote day job? Yes, two, two hours a week. Um, and I work a, a nine to five, so mm-hmm. I have a full-time job. And mm-hmm. then I do that once a week uh, for two hours. If someone were interested in enrolling in a program like this, in, in well, in your program, how would they go about it in the Detroit area? How would they go about it? Um, they should contact Siena Literacy Center. And I know for a fact they have more um, learners than they have tutors. So they're always looking for tutors. Okay. so And it's located in Detroit. In fact, it's um, it's like Grand River and Lasser area. It's mm-hmm. on the same on the campus of the Christ the King Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have definitely have more learners than they have tutors, so they always need uh, additional tutors. Okay, so give give me the name again. Spell it out for me. Okay, S I E N A Literacy Center. Okay, that's the what the west side of Detroit. Yes. Okay, Siena Learning Center. Uh, literacy Literacy Center. Center. Okay, Siena Literacy Center. If you are in need of help in terms of uh, of reading, of literacy, please look them up. If you feel moved to help, please look them up. 
they need people to help with uh with the number of uh, incoming students so look them up and uh thank you once again uh for sharing that part of your story now this is there's one last thing that I want to get into okay uh so everyone here we have an author a literacy tutor along with her day job sounds pretty full and what else is going on we have an aspiring drummer (laughs) (laughs) yeah and how is that coming let me and let me tell you something (laughs) i have always loved the drums and here i find out you have plans to learn how to play the drums you know and and what I found is on, on the first book Ivy Lee Drew, I put on the on the back of the book that um that I was gonna publish Leaving Jacksonville to force me to do that, which I've done. Mm-hmm. So I also put, keep putting that I'm gonna play the drums on each one so that I can force myself to do that. But at, at one point, but it's been probably since twenty seventeen, I was I took um drum lessons. Well, I was part of a community band through Michigan State um university. They have a community I forget the name of the program. It's community band, and it's an adult program. So not only was uh, you know you can learn to play drums, piano, flute. We had we had people who were the ages average age is probably thirty five and up playing um, playing in- instruments. And once a year, or or maybe twice a year, we actually had had concerts. So um, I had dropped out of there, so I haven't gotten back to that. But I was learning. Um, learning to play the drums I have I had a I purchased a snare drum mm-hmm. so that's what I practice on and that was what I would play on in in those concerts but I do have a full drum set that I one day want to play mm-hmm. learn how to play so I need to get back to that but that that's my dream to, to you know even if it's just for me just to you know say you know and Valerie wait on drums and just you know, how to tear it up. <laughs> that's, that's all I want I'm, that's all I want to do <laughs> that's all right <laughs> that, that's that, that one time when they say the drummer and they say the name you tear it up and then you know yeah, that's, that's that's all that's right <laughs> i'm the, <laughs> i want it for you because <laughs> i'm telling you when you say drums you got me by the heart that's you know yeah. i i really like i love yeah, the something drums. about percussion i've always loved i just i don't know it's that rhythm i love the i, I love yeah. the drums i love bass right and that's Mm. <laughs> I, I do understand but yeah. the the really important thing about what you just said was that that is your dream and regardless of you know how it all works out that's something that you do to make yourself happy right and that's important that is really important it's important that we don't give up on things just because there's not a lot of free time or you don't know how proficient you will become. What matters is you gave it a try and you're making yourself happy. You have, you, you have to, to live for more than just the things that you have to do, your responsibilities. Right. And uh, <laughs> like I said, Valerie, I really hope you get to do those drums because uh, I'm, I'm anticipating listening to you one day. Right. Even if I'm only playing in the basement. Hey, you know. <laughs> For the spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and podcast hosts. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, uh, well, listen, um, Valerie, thank you for uh, for joining us today. 
I, uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule uh, to talk to us and uh, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, once again, Ivy Lee's Rue and Leaving Jacksonville are available uh, wherever fine books are sold. And you can go to Valerie's website and get, that, get those autographed copies. So, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Oh, it's my, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have you back. Oh, one, one last thing. Have you got anything in works right now? Okay. The next thing I've, I was working on a, um, I, I've been working at, I'm a, uh, grant and contract research administrator. So I've been working in university for years and work with, uh, researchers. So I have, a. I started a story called uh, Whatever Happened to Professor Jenkins, uh, Who Done It? But I've kind of put that aside. So my next thing coming up is uh, an anthology with my two sisters and my two nieces. Um, during the pandemic, we had uh, on, on the little group me app, we would start stories and then the next person would add on and add on and add on. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, why don't we uh, and I know everybody writes short stories and poetry, so we're we're putting together an anthology with short stories and poetry. And we're also going to include a, a a poem written by um, my late mother. She we found a poem in her in her possessions that she had written, and none of us knew she she wrote. So we're going to include that. So I'm hoping by at least by June to to have that uh, put together. We've already started gathering. Um, gathering stories and poems to to put together so I, i'll be contributing poems to that um in one short story about my my grandfather all right another family affair and just like yeah. with the drums we have to we we have you put it out there so now you got to go ahead and do it i gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> all right valerie thanks once again for uh, for stopping by and and talking with us thanks so much anytime and folks we'll be right back Are you enjoying the Virulent News, Toxic Habits, and Attitudes podcast with Wayne Bibbs? Have you given more thought to your own experiences and not following your dreams? Who and what you let stand in your way and what you can do to rid yourself of that toxic behavior? Now you can support Wayne's efforts to create more free content to reach more people. Please consider a monthly donation in support of the podcast so that we can continue to offer you stories from Wayne and his guests to encourage you to embrace and follow your dreams, as long as those dreams don't involve any sort of harm to yourself or anyone else. You can subscribe to the podcast on several platforms, and you can follow The Virulent News on Twitter, NowX, and Instagram. The Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. We thank you for your support. And we're back. Earlier in the show, our special guest, Ms. Valerie Wade, mentioned that she wanted to become a drummer. And she wanted it to the point where she even mentioned it in one of her written works. That way, she had a little extra motivation to go ahead and take the steps to learn to be a drummer. And I thought that that was a very powerful thing to do 
because it's not just a plan. You're actually announcing this. You're putting it out in the universe that this is what you want to do. And a lot of times you need that little push for yourself. You need to have something that says, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Not what I, even so much what I plan to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm letting everybody know that this is what's happening. If there's something you want to do, if there is a plan, a passion, something uh, that moves your heart, don't just keep that to yourself. I mean, you don't necessarily have to write it in the book or make a contract or anything like that, but go ahead and let it be known, if only to yourself. Keep saying it out loud. Let yourself actually hear yourself say that this is what you want to do. And then go ahead and do it. Because the more you announce it, the more you proclaim it, the closer it comes to being real. Just a little something to keep in mind for uh, when you start making those plans. When you say it, mean it. And when you mean it, do it. That's going to do it for this week's episode of The Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I am your host, Wayne Bibbs. I'll be speaking to you again in the very near future. But until then, take care. <laughs>